back, everybody, to the newest episode of penpodcast.com. I'm your host, Matthew Harms, founder of Pen for Hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also, the creators of the Pen Podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all around interesting people. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by best selling author Carol Muletta. How are you today, Carol? I am great. I am great, Mark. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Where are you joining us from? I'm joining you from the Washington, D.C. area. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. So right in my time zone. Mm-hmm. Well, with that said, I actually, you know, I started this map of like the United States when I started my podcast and I thought for sure I'd get all 50 states, mm. 275 episodes. I'm still missing like eight states. Oh, really? Uh, do, do you have Virginia? I do. I don't have West Virginia. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy Can't to help meet, you there. <laughs> I'm happy to meet anyone you know in Virginia. That's fine. This is just like one of those initial, like, that should be easy. No, not so much. So if you'd be so kind, Carol, enough about my app, my map, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. I am a parent educator and consultant, also an author, as you mentioned, a radio host and podcast host. And most importantly, what has started me in this direction was becoming the mother of twin sons who will turn 23 years old next year. I'm excuse me, next month. (laughs) I'm putting it out there. (laughs) So yes. So they really, them coming on the scene really changed everything because prior to that, I worked in corporate marketing. I was uh, managing a product portfolio worth over a billion dollars and thought that I would certainly be returning there. But, you know, through a lot of twists and turns and of course, falling in love with my sons, I ended up being a stay at home mom for a while. And so I was always involved in everything that they were involved in. I, when they were about two and a half, I was interested in parent parenting classes just for myself. Uh, My twins were very different and uh, one son had some developmental delays. And so I learned a lot about child development through the specialist that worked with him and helped him along. And so I was just given a vision from God, frankly, that all that I was learning, you know, to help my own son, I would be sharing with other parents. And so that was an instant career change. That was when I knew for sure that I would not be going back to corporate marketing. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so you had that vision and right away, did you get to work at a book or was there a progression? Oh, absolutely a progression. Because first of all, I, my mind was blown that, you know, God would drop this <laughs> vision into my lap. That was certainly not something I was prepared for. So it took some time for me to really do the things I felt he was leading me to do, you know, years, I'll be honest about that. And so I, I did work with parents. I, everything laid out just the way he said. People were paying to, to hear me speak and teach classes. Um, I initially started out with another mom, and I've since been working on my own for many years. And so I, I kind of grew into it as I learned more. What really accelerated the book writing was honestly the shutdown during the pandemic, because for years I said, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. And there were a lot of other things that I said I wanted to do 
that I had done, but the book that was just hanging out there. And so I found myself at home alone because my twin sons were both in college, away in college, and my husband was traveling on business a lot. And so it turned out he spent a lot of time in the area where they were. So the three of them ended up rooming, you know, rooming together for three or four months. Oh, wow. So that our sons could stay focused and with their, even though they had virtual classes, not being home, you know, they were able to stay focused and not be distracted. So I was home with our golden doodle. And I just said to myself, I'm going to have this book written when they come home. And so that's how Mother's Work was born. That's my mini motherhood memoir that really talks about my journey as a mom and really tries to provide a blueprint for other mothers to chart their own course. Because I know so many times moms are, new moms are intimidated. They're looking at other moms experienced moms and what they're doing. People are in their ear telling them what they should do with their children. And it's hard to find your own way. And so I certainly found myself in that position. And so it's really about getting clear about your values, what's really important to you and and holding fast to that, even in the face of objection or opposition or just seeing other people doing something different and it creating self-doubt in you. So that's what my objective was really with writing the book. I love it. See, this, this idea, like many others that I've met, including myself, birthed pretty much beginning of the pandemic because you have all of this time on your hand, right? Like I've always wanted to do something and now I'm being given no choice. Right. How long did it take you from the time you decided now is the time to start this to get through to completing it? Hmm. It probably took, because I was about 80% done when they came home. So it, I would say it probably took me about nine to 10 months because when they did come home, and, and this isn't to blame them at all, but you know, the, the, the energy, the, you know, the rhythm. And then I, I also am doing other things. I have a company as well. So I didn't have as many hours alone to, to work on the book when I wanted to, like I could, when no one was here, I might be up till five in the morning. I just had a really unusual schedule, like when they weren't here. So, you know, it, it took a little longer. And, and then I'll tell you something else interesting. There were a couple of chapters, like I knew I have seven guideposts that this book was going to be based on. And there were, and each guidepost is dealt with in a chapter. And there were just some chapters that were like a couple that were hard to write. Some wrote themselves, but there were a couple that were hard to write. And I just kept on saying, okay, well, I'm going to start on this other one and I'm going to start on this other one. So that was part of it too, because I really wanted to figure out how much I wanted to share, how vulnerable I wanted to be, that kind of thing. So have you... Prior to this, had you ever written a book of any kind before or any writing courses, any? Well, in college, I enjoyed writing communications, both at undergrad as well as um, graduate level. And so there was definitely that. I liked doing that. And then I worked in marketing and communication. So I did a lot of writing, business plan writing, a different kind of writing. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, 
you know, presentations and things like that. So I, I, I knew how to, to speak to different audiences for different objectives, things like that. Now, something I did do right before Mother's Work was released was that uh, during the pandemic, uh, there was a call for authors, women entrepreneurs, to contribute to an anthology called Courageous Enough to Launch, Stories and Strategies of Women Who conquered their fears and launched their businesses. And so that's a slice of my story. And so uh, when I talked to the, the leader of that, that effort, you know, I told her that, well, I, what I would share is actually going to be part of my book. Is that a problem? And so she said, no, it's your story. So that helped me to, you know, get my feet wet. It also helped me to see what the process would be like in terms of editing and meeting the deadline with the editor and all of that other stuff and how to get it published, how to get it on Amazon, all of that. So that helped tremendously too. Got it. Cause yeah, I mean, nine to 10 months for a first time author is pretty impressive. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I mean, especially to have notable results out of it. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I, I mean, people I've heard stories of throwing together a book in 60 days, I have personally, not with my own eyes, ever read anything that was done in 60 days that was really good. That's not to say it doesn't exist, but mm-hmm. even as professional ghostwriters, we're, we're usually shooting for six months. And, and the thing is, I, if I think about really how a little bit, it was a little bit earlier that I actually kind of laid out what I wanted to talk about in the book. Uh, um, our family had taken a trip overseas in 2016 and I woke up in the middle of the night and just started writing. I should, I should talk about this. I should talk about that. Now that beginning outline is not quite how the book turned out in terms of the exact chapter titles and all of that, but it did help me to figure out which stories I wanted to tell, which, you know, which anecdotes, which examples and things like that. And then I I was so optimistic, so energized, came home (laughs) and got back to life again. So, you know, so I put it aside totally. I wasn't working on it at all. And then I picked it back up in 2020. Okay. So I had Um, given it some thought prior, but hadn't done a lot of work on it. And uh, you had mentioned while going through this process, you were still running your business, correct? Yes. Yes. So I was doing public speaking at that time. I also had my radio show. So I I had to interview guests a lot, had to prep for those shows and all of that. And then in 2020, yeah. And then 2021, I launched a podcast. I switched over from radio and went to podcasting, but yeah, I had other things that I, I was doing for sure. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com, created by Pen for Hire. Thanks to technology, authors are now able to reach their readers in new ways. Letting readers know who you really are, why you wrote the book, and that you welcome their questions and comments goes a long way to building a fan base. Outside of social media, Podcasts, radio, television, newspaper, and magazine interviews reach millions of people every day. How can you get featured in more of these media channels? Working with a public relations specialist will open more doors than you ever thought possible. 
visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation today. Now back to the interview. Now, having already been in business, knowing kind of what, who your audience is, what your results were, did you notice any difference after your book came out in terms of increase in business or notoriety? Yes, definitely. People invited me to speak at more events. People purchased the book, which was, of course, great. But that was that was a big thing. And then it was a lot easier to get people to want to come on my show or come on my podcast. Whereas before, I would see people, see other people's work and reach out to them. And thankfully, only one person all that time ever told me no. And I've had, you know, New York best time, New York, New York Times bestselling authors and, and others, TV stars who've, who've, who I interviewed during my radio days. But it made it a lot easier for people to kind of see me and want to and want to reach out to me and ask if they could be on the show or my podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I hear that from a lot of our, our guests and clients. In the process, I know you mentioned with the other book, the anthology, getting it ready for the editor. How many people did you have like working with you to get this complete? Well, in that one, I didn't have to do as much of the heavy lifting as a contributor. I just had to follow their rules, but mm -hmm. we had an editor, they had a graphic team that handled all of that. And we had the, the lead author who was spearheading it. So I would say maybe three, three people that we worked with. And, and that was pretty much, well, yeah, that was pretty much the approach I took when I launched my own anthology last November about parenting in the pandemic. And for your own personal book, you have editors, cover designers, or how much of it did you actually do yourself? Oh, I had, I had cover designers. I had a, an editor who I had a plan. How does, okay. I had a cover designer. I had an editor. I had a book designer who really laid it out, determined, you know, the font and, and the graphics and, and how, how it was going to really look. So those, those were the people that I had. Got it. Interesting. I've never heard the term book designer before, but it, I guess I just use something interchangeably. So I got to write that one down. <laughs> Can you think of one or two things that for anyone listening, who's thinking of writing a book, one or two things that people immediately think about you because you're a published author? Hmm. Well, the first thing is that I've, I've got a story to tell. I've got an interesting story to tell and that there's something that they can learn, that they can learn from me. Love it. Would you say that when all was said and done, writing the book was worth the effort? Yes, it was definitely worth the effort. I, I, I definitely will, for the next book, I will definitely use a different process, a slightly different process, but yes, it was absolutely worth it to tell my story because I, I didn't think I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of in my life and my career and personally, but I figured, you know, everybody has. <laughs> and so, you know, what makes me think that I, I should tell my story and, and ask people to pay to read it. But, you know, during, during that, 
during the the shutdown, I just was really able to do a lot more reflection and and and, and being invited to participate in that first anthology just really gave me the courage and, and, and listening to other people's stories because there were other people in the group. And I was like, well, I enjoy hearing about their journey. So why wouldn't someone want to hear about mine? And, and they all seem to be interested in my journey. And, and I have to say, too, that another reason I wanted to write the book was because as a parent, parenting consultant, when I talk to parents, they wonder about how did I get started? and my story and all of that. Because as I'm telling, giving them strategies and, and, and explaining you know, how they should approach certain challenges, well, I sound like, I, I sound like it's easy. You know, I know it all, but no, I, I've actually been there. I mean, I've, I've read a lot of books, I've done a lot, I've, I've been coached and, and all of that. And, but I've been there, you know, where the parents are. And so that's my story. And so that was another reason that I thought that I should write the book. Uh, and you just made mention of your next book. Has that been started, undertaken? Is it still just in inception? Yes, it's definitely in inception. It's based on a talk that I do um, that really I was birthed during this period as well. I wouldn't have thought about talking about it before, but it's really um, strategies for moms who have careers and or other aspirations and they're struggling about how to be the mom show up as the mom that they want to be and still pursue their dreams not feel like they're losing something because you know like they can't achieve their dreams because they're a mom like not that a mom isn't you know, a dream job in itself, but you know, there's, there's, there are other aspects of their lives. So that's what it's going to be based on. And I'm going to have some people contributing to that as well, who have, who will share their stories too. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by pen for hire. Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. While many writers are capable of writing entire novels without ever planning or getting writer's block, most need some kind of structure. Taking the raw thoughts out of your head and organizing before or during the writing process can drastically improve quality and efficiency. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation on our author coaching services today. And now back to the interview. And now I couldn't help but notice you mentioned having a different process this time. What are, what are you changing and why? Well, I would love to, I think I will work with someone on the structure of the book. I, I think I'm going to do that this time. I think it would make it a lot easier to write. Now, I did read a lot of books about writing books. <laughs> so it's not that I just sat down and totally decided to wing it, but I would like to see what that experience is like to have a coach in that early in that process. So that, that's one, that's, that's the main thing, honestly, that, that I would do a little bit differently is to, to think about it a little more, but have some, some guidance. That's interesting and refreshing at the same time, because most of our clients that we coach are first time authors. So to hear someone who actually managed to write a book by reading books on it, 
and then saying they might go back and try to do it the other way the next time is just, I don't usually hear that too much. Well, I'd like to see, you know, if there, if there is a difference because it, you know, this was my first time and, you know, sometimes I would sit down and just be like, Whoa, I can't, I just, I can't find the right words to get this thing going and, and to just make it read well and make it interesting so sometimes I struggled with struggled with finding the right words and and I just wonder I don't know if it's true but if I were working with some sort of a coach and we really strategized like really strategized what those chapters were going to look like and what was going to be in there what the purpose was would it be a different experience I don't know I'm biased, but I'm going to tell you it would be. And that's not just from a writing perspective. 90% of our clients are speakers, coaches, or consultants. Mm-hmm. So the coaching and consulting part, when when someone goes to buy a book, they're buying a book to hope it solves a problem for them or give them some guidance, give them some hope. Mm-hmm. Chances are most people don't finish the book. Those who do don't take any action on anything that's in there, not because they don't want to, but just because life gets in the way, right? The book's over. If that same person offers a course or they do speaking engagements, the audience that you've built, they like the book. They didn't do anything with it. They might take your course now. They might come hear you speak. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there's no substitute for them just saying, you know what, Carol, I loved your book. I loved your course. I love seeing you on stage. Can we just work together? Right. Because like, they need that accountability. There's just something mm-hmm. to that personal level. Now, that's not to say everyone can afford personal coaching or everyone that writes a book can take on all of their readers. But there is definitely a, a bit of a different dynamic there to having a sounding board and a collaboration. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with that. So I, I want to see. I want to see what that's like. I love it. What else comes next for you other than the, the book that's Inception? What would be what are some next big things that you're planning in 2023? Uh, launching my parenting, parenting and purpose summit. The first one will be in January. And, but every year it's going to be in September. So I want to give people an introduction to it in January and get a sense of what it will be like. Of course, the one in September will have, I mean, I'm going to have speakers, but the one in September will have a little bit more of a back to school, you know, have a little more academic support and mental health and and just other things around school, as well as, you know, basic parenting topics. But and then the one in January will be more general parenting. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So it's the, the summit. And then also I'll be launching a new course also in the parenting and purpose program as well, a master course too. Fantastic. I love it. And I guess the only thing I didn't cover that I wrote down here and I missed my note before your podcast, um, who do you feature on your podcast? What is your audience? Mm -hmm. So on my podcast, I really move past diapers and discipline and do a deep dive into those other external forces that affect family life. So I do talk about the basics, but also you know, the mental health, it's the managing, you know, your career. It's, I talk with, I've talked with parents who've lost children. How did they cope? What did they, what did they do next? And so it's a, it's a wide range of topics that affect parents that they think about because I feel like they're going to figure out the feedings. They're going to figure out bedtime. They're going (laughs) to, 
<laughs> you know, so I will do some of that, but mostly it's all the other stuff, just trying to keep it together and really figure out their vision and their, their purpose in their parenting. And so I've had all kinds, I've had, I've had authors, I've had self-care strategists. A lot of times parents neglect themselves in the course of, of parenting. I've had people who, I mean, you know, people who specialize in communication, especially parent-child communications. That's one of my favorite um, topics in parenting to speak on. So, and, and my audience is really parents of children zero to 13. I mean, that's the sweet spot. I mean, I, I get people across all ages, but I feel like that's where parents are the most eager to soak up information about parenting. And it's certainly a very hands-on period of time. And not that <laughs> the teen years on it's, it's like a real picnic or an easy ride, of course. But if you lay that foundation in the beginning, it can really help with those later years. So that's when I really like to get parents to really get settled into some good practices and good build good, strong connections with their children while they're young. Love it. So if anyone listening wants to get in touch with you, find out more about your podcast, your book, your speaking, your working with you personally, how can they go about doing that? Well, they can visit carolmaletta.com and they can learn all about that. And then follow me at The Parenting 411 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if they are interested in the Mother's Workbook, I have, I'm offering it uh, for a limited time, free, just play, play, (laughs) just pay shipping and handling. So it's mothersworkthebook.com. Incredible. Carol, I want to thank you again for being here. Thank you for doing what you're doing as a parent myself. I know there's definitely moments where you could use someone or something that's not you and take a step back, get a second opinion. So I, (laughs) I truly admire what you're doing. I hope everyone listening picks up a copy of your book, whether you're a parent, plan to be a parent, want to help a parent. That would be incredible if you did not catch any of Carol's contact information. It will be posted in the show notes, but you can also always reach out to me or anyone at Penn Podcast, Matt at PennForHireNYC.com, and I'll be happy to email you and get you in touch directly with Carol. And with that said, we are now at the end of our episode of the Penn Podcast. Carol, once again, thank you so much for being here, and I am looking forward to uh, staying in touch and seeing what you're up to. Thank you so much, Matt. It has been my pleasure. 